This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Thursday the 3rd of March. In your Squiz today, Biden's promise to stop Russia's war on Ukraine. The death toll from the floods rises. WA opens the border. And how good is feedback? And avocados. This is your Squiz today. US President Joe Biden has used the annual State of the Union address to Congress to promise to stop Russia's war on Ukraine. Speaking of efforts to stop Russia, Biden warned that without consequences, Russia won't stay contained to Ukraine. He then spoke of closing US airspace to Russia and seizing the US goods of Russian oligarchs. In a rare display, Congress seemed to be united when it came to Ukraine. Yeah, there was a lot of love for Ukraine, and rightly so. Lawmakers wore blue and yellow, that's Ukraine's national colours, and that was a clear display of support for the country. Ukraine's ambassador to America, Oksana Markarova, got a standing ovation. Everybody was there for Ukraine yesterday. But it's not just been the lawmakers, it's corporate America too that's staging a backlash against Russia. Aerospace giant Boeing suspended major operations in the country as as well as maintenance and parts for the local airlines that use their fleet. Apple has also halted all product sales in Russia and limited the use of Apple Pay. Some big business names enforcing their consequences. Taking a look now at the latest on the ground in Ukraine, we spoke yesterday of the convoy of tanks heading towards the capital, Kiev. It's not the only city to be targeted, though. No, it's not. Uh, Overnight, Russia ramped up its attack on the southern city of Mariupol. That's a strategic port town, and the local mayor said it's been shelled relentlessly for hours, killing hundreds of civilians. Another city of Kherson has fallen as well. Uh, And you mentioned that convoy. That's prompting speculation that Russia will either encircle the capital, perhaps lay siege to it. Russia has warned residents of high-precision attacks. Uh, If their approach elsewhere is anything to go by, perhaps not particularly targeted. But the problem is that there's nowhere to easily go for residents in Kiev to escape the violence. There's obviously no bigger story in the world right now than what's happening in Ukraine. So we've done another shortcut on the topic because we always want to be trying to get you the context and the background info that helps to make sense of these big news stories. Sanctions and consequences is something we've heard a lot about with this situation, Eliza. Yeah, that's the main tool that the West has to penalise Russia because it's not considering putting troops on the ground to actually fight the Russians. In this shortcut, Claire and I look at what sanctions are and what they're meant to achieve. We take a look at what's been imposed, everything from financial controls to football, where there's big business and big money. And finally, Russia's reaction, whether these penalties will make Putin change tack on Ukraine. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes, but search for Squiz shortcuts in your podcasting app and you'll find it there as well as the other two episodes we've done one on the relationship between Russia and Ukraine and another on the role of NATO in this situation. Onto the floods now back here at home. In tragic news, the death toll has risen again to 13, with a current total of four deaths now in Lismore on the north coast of New South Wales. Premier Dominic Perrottet has warned that more tragedy is likely to be on the way. 
Unfortunately so, Larissa, and that's because the crisis is still very much present tense. There are multiple evacuation orders in place for the Northern Rivers region. Ballina, the city of Ballina, has been completely cut off. People are running out of vital supplies like food and water, so it's really serious on the north coast of New South Wales. Bit further down towards Sydney, that big storm front is moving and there's been a lot of rain overnight. Residents in Sydney's west have either been evacuated already or are getting ready to go. That's a large swathe of suburbs near the Hawkesbury, Nepean and George's rivers. Uh, there are predictions from the Weather Bureau this morning that the floods could be worse than this time last year. We know they were some big ones. If you are in those areas, take care today. On to some good news now. After 697 days, so just under two years, the last hard border in the country has come down. We are one again, Eliza. You can now travel to Western Australia without needing to quarantine or isolate. Still a few hoops to jump through, though. You need a travel pass, you need to be triple vaxxed, and you need to take a rat within 12 hours of arriving. But that is, I think, a a lot more preferable than having to go into Mm -hmm. quarantine. But of course, it's not just about getting to the West. It's about locals being able to come and go easily. And uh, Webjet data shows bookings for outbound flights is up by 234% and a 128% rise in people wanting to head into Western Australia. It's certainly a really important day in our pandemic recovery and I'm really there for seeing those emotional family reunions at the airport. Yeah, those photos are always pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Do need to note, though, if you're in WA or heading there, new restrictions have come in today as the state recorded its highest day of cases yesterday, 1,136. There are mask rules, restrictions on gatherings. I'll pop a link in your episode notes if you want to check it out, but it is good news that it is open. Speaking of COVID news, it seems the economy is recovering quite well from its Delta dip. Data from the ABS shows that the October to December quarter was the equal best quarter of growth in 46 years. This is the data from the national accounts, and it's a pretty strong showing. When you consider how dire things were around April, May 2020, and then again around the Delta lockdowns in the East Coast last year. But yeah, a really strong result. We bounced out of Delta to record a 3.4% jump from October to December. That was really driven by consumers. There was a 24% jump in spending on cafes and restaurants and hotels. Everybody wanted to get out. I was certainly one of them, (laughs) and uh, a 17% rise in recreation and culture. So people had money to spend and they got out and did so. Uh, Looking across the data, despite our COVID ups and downs, our economy is actually bigger than it was pre-pandemic, which seems to be a big relief for policymakers. And keeping the good news going, economists say that growth is likely to remain solid for the first half of 2022. War, floods, the economy, it's time for something a little lighter. The stuff of dreams, as in literally what you dream, can be absolutely fascinating or dead set boring, depending on whether you're the one doing the talking or the listening. But a look into the most common dream topics has revealed something a little surprising, Eliza. Yeah, look, is there anything more challenging than when your friend calls you for a long debrief about their dream and what it might mean? <laughs> what it might mean? I don't do it. 
I just don't listen to Dream Talk. I My know, friends know I that. I know, me neither. <laughs> but look, this is actually really interesting because a luxury bedding retailer has collated the most commonly Googled dreams across more than 180 countries. And the research found that dogs are the most common dream subject there across the world. Who knew? Uh, experts reckon it's a nod to relationship themes like loyalty and protection. And that, that's kind of nice because the other topics that are on that list are snakes, traveling with an ex, being pregnant, which can be scary, <laughs> teeth falling out, money, the list goes on. <laughs> the most common in Australia, not dogs, but cheating. Apparently, though, experts say it's often a way of processing Ooh. complex emotions about past events. So you don't need to worry about taking it too literally. Speaking of processing things, we love to process your feedback. We're super keen to hear from our podcast listeners with the survey we have open at the moment. When we say feedback is a gift, Eliza, we really mean it. Okay, this is the greatest gift, this comment. We got one from a listener the other day. They said, I used not to like some of the voices, but now I cannot get enough of them. That's how I was with avocados. (laughs) And I mean, how Fabulous. great are avocados? So we're going to take it. We take it. No, we love it. We use all of your comments to shape what we're going to do for you guys to make sure that we're on track with what you're wanting us to create for you. So I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. It takes a couple of minutes, but there is a $200 gift voucher at Dan Murphy's up for grabs. I'll also put a link in our Insta stories if that's an easy place to find it as well. You can find us on Instagram at the squiz, but if you can do it, we would really really appreciate your feedback squeeze the day eliza what are you keeping an eye on it's world book day and look i've got to say i know it's lovely i don't get much further than a few pages into my kindle at the moment (laughs) um but i'm a big reader and i feel like a good novel is a great distraction from the world when it all gets a bit overwhelming like it is at the moment yeah 100% how good are books it's also world hearing day and world wildlife day so a few things to celebrate and take note of there we'll leave it there for the day have a good thursday we'll be back with you tomorrow This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.